I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. I sit on the Iron Throne of Opens. When you play the game of intros, you either win or you die. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to episode 109 of Not the Podcast You Deserve. This week I got Drew Allen with me and we are talking House of the Dragon. Other notes. That is that is not even remotely <laughs> close. I was you started off and you kinda had yeah. it, but we just went south so quick. Which brings me to a, a big question. One of the big things for the second episode that had kind of the internet going in a craze um, was the first episode, the pilot episode, did not have the titular Game of Thrones open. Mm-hmm. And there was a uh, there was a violin, there was a string section throughout that hit the but it was never the full thing yeah yeah um and then episode two opens and we get the big game of thrones open yeah uh when it's epic uh in its in its epic form with the map and the blood pouring over it and so it's like oh man (laughs) we're i was telling crawford last week the first episode of, of house of the dragon yeah i was like man like this kind of felt like old school Game of Thrones. Right. And I was worried my heart was going to get broken again. Mm. But like, I'm hopeful. <laughs> and when episode two opened up with that, I was like, done. I am in. Let's go. Get me back. <laughs> now, Let's do it. Now, this is pod racing. Mm-hmm, I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. Well, I love uh, that. Which, which brings me, so you didn't know the theme music or. Oh, absolutely know, not. You, so, are you were you a big Game of Thrones fan? Uh, I don't. I think if I remember correctly, you said you were more into Vikings than you were. Yes, Game of that is true. That is very true. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm going to be controversial here, and I don't know if this is a safe place going out to the entire internet. But I am not a Game of Thrones fan. I try. Interesting. It's up my alley. I should love it for all intents and purposes, but it it just it hits a level that I'm uncomfy with. Um. We can go into like breaking down more about the Game of Thrones show, and I think it's really interesting. But there are just a few scenes, mainly the one where Pedro Pascal's skull gets oh, yeah. crushed by the mountain. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, that's way too far, and makes me <laughs> like make, makes my stomach turn inside out for weeks you, at a time. You know, I get that uh, sharp left turn. I quit watching The Walking Dead. For a couple of years, yeah. After they killed Glenn yeah. in such a horrific fashion, so I, I'm with you on like there. I so I'm with you on there like being a line in the sand that like once that's crossed, like it's hard to go back. Right, to. right. Um, but Game of Thrones never reached that for me. Uh, I think maybe I think when they killed off Rob Stark, I was right, like, okay, right, right. like I, everybody's fair game. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that coming. Which, and then I think when. Uh, what was another really heartbreaking one? Egret. I mean, I think Egret was a heartbreaking yeah. one. Ned Stark, uh, traumatic. I mean, yeah. Sean Bean is why I watched the show. And sure. when, when it first came out, I was like, I had known nothing about it. Like, I, I was not, I didn't know the books. I didn't know anything about the world. But everybody was like, oh, this is going to be great. And I love Sean Bean. And honestly, I, I think I had Googled Sean Bean movies to watch. And they're like, Game of Thrones is coming out. And it's like episode three. I was like, I'll give it a shot. And I loved yeah. it. It was great. And then they killed him off. And I was like, well, I, I don't really have a reason to watch this anymore. 
The only person I recognized outside of the guy from <laughs> yeah. Shanghai Nights. So, yeah, it was pretty much those two guys, and yeah. one of them died pretty quick. Which I should have known, um, because Sean Bean gets killed off in every single thing that he's in. Uh, sure, yeah. Goldeneye, he The most killed, killed man in Hollywood. Twice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, that's that's interesting that that was the main reason that you got out of Game of Thrones, was the... Uh, the it would just got too much. Yeah, just too much gore. It just makes me queasy um, too much, which I get, and I think that makes me less of a man, possibly. But no, am no, I no. more of a man for being able to admit it? And that's the that's the <laughs> stance I'm going to take. Well, let me ask you this: as a non-Game of Thrones mm-hmm. fan person, mm-hmm. when I texted everybody and said, "Hey, the next eight to ten weeks are devoted to." She-Hulk and House of the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Were you just like, oh, God, no? <laughs> like, were you just not having well, it? Or The thing is, I want to like it because I'm a, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, you know? I, right. I love world building. And they do such... George R.R. R. Martin does such a good job, you know, making yeah. these intricate characters that you are pretty much like textbook, you know, history textbooks that you're reading through. Um, yeah. It's so interesting. Uh, so I was excited to have a reason to watch it because I probably wouldn't have otherwise um but after watching the first two episodes i was kind of like oh yeah this is <laughs> this is that feeling that i don't like and I, sure. I, I get the realism like it's like you know the good guy's not always gonna win and there is a really cool level of watching the show being like no matter how great and cool and fun and right this character is you are worried that they are going to be killed yeah. off unceremoniously like unrespectfully no one is safe disrespectfully and that's another thing like even uh, episode two is or which which, which, episode one the jousting scenes yes okay even then when that one knight wins the jousting and the other guy drags him off the horse and just wrecks him I'm like dude why why did we have to watch (laughs) some guy just get wrecked and everybody in the stadium is like yeah kill him (laughs) Which Ryan Airy brought up a really good point in his uh, breakdown video of how it's in a time of peace and pretty much everybody around has not seen war. Mm -hmm. And so the closest thing they get to a war, to a battle, is this fake battle, the jousting, which we talked about last week. Yes. I think is one of the best things TV has done, (laughs) juxtaposing the joust scene of fake war with the woman giving birth. She called it her battlefield. Um, Really highlighting where she actually died and the people that were doing <laughs> fake war walked away for the most yeah. part um, hi- yeah so i i was gonna say i yes absolutely it that highlights the the barbarism barbarianism of childbirth before modern medicine yeah <laughs> beautifully done sorry yeah no no you're you're dead on so that's i i think that this show and then we talked a lot about some of the uh um character moments that they give that kind of foreshadows yes. stuff um, where episode two brings us to uh, the king, uh, and Drew's not here to correct me on all my pronunciations. Um, king Viserys, I believe, yes. um, is being pressured into finding a new wife. Yes, and he like doesn't seem like he wants to, but right, I wasn't fooled for half a moment. I knew that he was going to go for the hand's daughter. Um, right? Did you see that coming? This is what Game of Thrones does really well, also, which is to set up a scenario of. By all intents and purposes, I'm going to use that phrase again, and I hope it's the correct way to say that, uh, the king sure. should choose the Valerian daughter. Like, there is no yeah. reason he shouldn't. And yet, you know throughout the whole episode that he's not going to. Right. And it's 
beautiful. Like, he even spells it out. They even have a scene where he talks to an unbiased opinion. And he's like, I want your opinion. And he's like, you yeah. should go with the Valerian. Like, the... Yeah. You, you want to stop him? That's a, that's a great point because I think what Game of Thrones does, what a bunch of movies and TV shows don't do, is they will go the extra scene or the extra yeah. mile of the person talking out what are the pros and cons of doing this mm-hmm. to lead you to believe they're going to do that thing mm. and then flip it. Um, but that's also a really good um, comparison to, I think, season two or three of Game of Thrones when Rob Stark is going to marry yeah. the chick. Oh, man, I'm going to mess it up. It wasn't the Bolton family. It's somebody else. She goes for He's going to go marry. Right. Yeah, right. So, but instead of going to marry the chick, he ends up marrying the nurse on the battlefield. Right. And if he had just gone up there and married the freaking girl, mm-hmm. then they would have de- mm-hmm. destroyed. They would have. They would have taken over the Lannisters and won. Right. But because he didn't, he chose love instead of doing what it was. What he needed to do for his country. Right. Um, he ends up dying pretty quickly <laughs> thereafter. So, I think if we can pull parallels, right. I think it's cool they did that again. But also, if the uh, if the king pricking his finger on the Iron Throne wasn't enough, if him having a weird. Um, scarring on his back also from the throne, um, that yeah. might be grayscale oh yeah also from the throne um if that wasn't enough and that him turning down the 12 year old girl yeah uh who would have combined the families of whatever yeah, countries yeah. and established peace throughout the whole world um <laughs> this dude's gonna die super hard <laughs> and i don't i i think it's coming quickly yeah um so that's I, they've just done a lot of foreshadowing for this to be like this dude is not going to make it. Yes. This is our new Ned Stark. Right. Um, and but way less respectable. Like he, mm-hmm. he is a weak leader. And yeah. I, I think game of Thrones is a show about power, um, about thrones and, you know, a little bit about royalty lineage, but really it's about like, we are in the middle world, like, uh, middle ages is what I was going to say with dragons, you know, there's, there's some magic and dragons and stuff in there too, but it's about all of these families trying to vie for power and some of them yeah. for good reasons, some of them for bad. And Viserys is like the textbook king who's too weak to, he shouldn't be there, but because the other person was a woman, he got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty dead on. Yeah. And it, all of these issues could be avoided if he was just a stronger leader, if he was a more powerful sure. person, but He's not. His brother may have been, but nobody, all of the other powerful people don't want him on the throne because then they can't manipulate him like they can Viserys. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I like that. Um, yeah, no, that's good stuff right there. Um, and and uh, my favorite scene from the second episode. Yeah. Uh, when uh, the... Uh, I can't remember who. I think it's the Hand of the King, uh, Riss Efans, Rice Efans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you say his name? I think it's Rice. Uh, Crawford would know better than I, but he's he's phenomenal. <laughs> Screw Crawford. <laughs> um, yeah, Rice Efans, whatever, comes in and he goes, you know, Damon stole an egg. Yeah. And the Princess Renera says, which one? Mm. And he said, the one you promised to, the I think, the kid who died. Balin or something. Um, and the scene ends, and then the next scene opens up with the Hand taking the army to Dragonstone, I believe it's yeah, called, yeah, yeah. to face Damon. And my wife, who is the biggest Daenerys Targaryen fan I've, I've ever met, <laughs> she kind of looked at me and she goes, oh, I miss my queen, <laughs> meaning Queen Dany. 
And then the scene happens where she comes up out of the mist on her dragon right. and lands it and then walks straight up to the back and is like, either kill me or give me back the egg. Yeah. Like, I don't really care. And then she flies off with it. My wife looked back at me and she goes, I have a new queen now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was, I had been thinking for an episode and a half, like, yeah. how are they going to make us care about this character the way that we cared about Daenerys? Right. Because I don't think they're going to. And then in that scene, they, like, where it, t- it took Danny like, two seasons right. to, like, find her, like, power and to, like, uh-huh. stand for something. This chick did it in two episodes, <laughs> and it was it was awesome. Yeah, I yeah. was fired up for it. No, and, 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 you know, it helps that, you know, everybody wants her to be a Daenerys. Everybody yeah. wants her, wants that character again in this world. And the dragons are pretty interesting in this uh, House of Dragons show. You know, Damon's is very lanky and got a long neck, and it's kind of okay. makes a weird noise. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not the biggest Game of Thrones fan, so I don't know if that's how the dragons were in the first season. We've seen a lot more dragons in these two episodes than we did throughout most yeah. of Game of Thrones, all eight seasons. So, and, and I'm here for it. And that was such that was probably the most interesting scene of the series so far is when Otto confronts Damon and. Damon has a dragon, and we know he has a dragon. So I don't know what Otto's plan was. I don't know what... Yeah, part of me thinks, this dude is obviously a bad guy, right? Right. Like, this is uh, this is the little finger Correct. of this show, in my opinion. My I think that he went there to die to spark a civil war. That that he's trying to get... He's trying to get Damon completely out of the picture. And, um, that was my take. Right, and I, and I agree with that, but... Those like the, the little female character never wants to die. Like I don't feel like sure he wants to sit on the iron throne. Yeah. Whereas he, this Otto guy wants his his grandchild to sit okay. on the iron throne. I think Peter Baelish wanted to sit on the iron yeah. throne. Okay. So I think it's a little different. Okay. But you're right. What was the game plan? We're gonna walk up this narrow bridge and you've got a drag <laughs> and I've got twenty people behind me. Yeah. Like, what what are we gonna do? Yeah. He definitely wanted to start bloodshed, but I just. Mm-hmm. I, I that character to me doesn't seem like the martyr for what he believes in. He seems to be the, that's a good point. I'm going to make everybody else die for what they believe in, and then at the end, sure. I'm going to be holding all of the cards. It would have been interesting to see that play out without Renera coming to aid, because mm-hmm. he might have just been like, "All right, we fight," and then he ran to the back of yeah, the yeah. <laughs> of the crowd. Right, he's like, "You guys go. <laughs> I'll see you in a bit." Um, that's probably more likely what would have happened. Um, my second favorite scene from this episode was the episode, or was the scene where Renera has to pick the next knight to join yeah. the Golden Circle <laughs> Army, whatever like the heck the, it's the called. The King's Guard. Yep, that's the one. Um, because it, it was a slow scene and there was right. lots of dialogue, as it always is with Game of Thrones stuff. Mm-hmm. But you saw that even though she's like 15, right. she had the wisdom to say, which one of these has been in an actual battle yeah, before? Yeah, um, which I think you can overlook and could easily be overlooked as oh, like she, like whatever. She had a crush on uh, what's she's his just, name and sure, yeah. Because um, I think that's the knight that requested her favor right. at the joust, if I'm not mistaken. After he Cold beat Damon or something. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Here's to say, um, the, the names in this show are so hard. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I thought that was a really good character moment to show this This is a young woman who uh, is not afraid to speak up and talk yeah. in a room full of men like she did in the 
for in the first. So that was the second. It was in the second episode. Yeah. She said, "Why don't we?" Ta- oh, she said, "Send a dragon rider." We're yeah. gonna talk about what to do with Damon. Yeah. And he said, "Then uh, the hand says, isn't there something better for your daughter to do right, right now?'" Right. Trying to dismiss her. Which and then yeah, good. No, I was gonna say the the King's Guard picking out uh, Sir Cole. I think that while it's a it is a slow scene, I think Game of Thrones also does so much in these slow scenes because yes, you get to see her be smart to you know look past the tourney yeah. knights and pick the one who actually has combat and then fight for it. But also you you see Rice uh, Otto show up and try to manipulate her. And she doesn't get manipulated like her dad yeah. does. So you get to see right. her strength of will also. And her you get to see a lot of acting from her bodyguard, who is super cool. Graham McTavish from oh, Outlander. Dougal from Outlander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see. I hope he doesn't get killed off. I hope he's like uh, uh, Peter Dinklage's friend who sure. shows up yeah. for a long time. Somehow survives all the <laughs> seasons, yeah. Um, and then you also have the <clears throat> cousin queen who never was looking over everything mm-hmm. and watching and seeing, you know, which adds another layer to it. And so there's yeah. so much going on from a relatively small scene about her just picking a bodyguard. Right. No, that's 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 what I think these guys do such a good job of is taking a small moment and letting that build and breathe and grow and give you hints at to where this is going. I really like the when shows give you a character that's in the right but doesn't have the position so so the lord corliss valerian he's yeah. done nothing wrong and even the unbiased opinion guy says this is a guy who's making a reach but he's allowed to do so and he has every right to do so and you have no reason to tell him no Right. This would solve all of your problems. You should just listen to him. And he doesn't yeah. get listened to. And I love those characters. And I love it when a show does that to a character like that. And you get to see the ramifications. And you see this a lot in Game of Thrones. You see it in the, the Viking show that I like also. Um, yeah. But I, I, I get sad because I know the end game for that character is never good. Like, there's a reason that he... he the Damon kind of talks down to him because he kind of he jumps ship and tries to run to him and be like, "Hey, we're the same." And Damon's like, "No, we're not the same." He kind of subtly right. throughout that conversation. Yeah, but you, I, I love it that the show presents a way out for our protagonists and they don't take it. And then you're like, "Well, there there are going to be ramifications for that," and we all know it, but we all understand why he did what he did, and we knew that he was going to do it. We knew Viserys was never going to pick the 12-year-old. Yeah. And I think that's that that's just good world-building, to have those different yeah. levels of characters. And I'm trying to think of where this show is going. since So Crawford read the book that this is based on. So he knows how this ends. Mm-hmm. You and I, I assume, I didn't <laughs> well, read it. Did you we, read it? No, but we know what happened, how it ends 130 years later, you know. We know where the world uh, yeah, goes so. to, to an extent. Yeah, I guess, there's no more dragons after this and all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wanted to bring up, well, first off, the uh, King Viserys, he's super dead. <laughs> like, I think sooner rather than later. Like, but yeah. I, I think we saw in the uh, 
at the end of the episode, they give you like the preview for the next episode. And we see there's like a little blonde baby boy around. So I'm assuming he will at least live long enough to procreate. Mm. But I, I don't think it's going to last a whole lot longer than that. Yeah. Um, where And then there's going to be a, who is the rightful heir to the throne? Is it this child he had with the hand's daughter? Or is it Allison. his, sure. Or is it his own daughter? Which brings me to another one. In the first episode, there's that scene with Renera and Allison, is it? In like the field and Renera's like laying in her lap and they're like talking. And that scene kind of went on just like, they held on to that scene for like a little longer mm-hmm. than like normal. And then in the second episode, it starts off, I believe, one of the first scenes is them talking, Renera and Allison. And it's Allison being like, you know, your dad's got to choose another wife. Like, yeah. you, you got to be, he's not trying to replace your mom. It's just like, it is what it is. And they like held hands and like the camera like stayed on them holding hands for just like a little bit longer yeah. than like what you normally would do. So I'm wondering, I don't know what's coming. I've not read the books. Is there going to be some sort of love interest between Renera and Allison? Or is it just the fact that she was her best friend and now she's her stepmom? Yeah. Is that like the, the big thing? The I don't really know. I th- yeah. I think it's going to be a little bit of both. Uh, Allison. Allison. Or uh, I don't. I can't. It's hard to tell at this point. There's so many names. Miss <laughs> uh, Hightower. Uh, sure. I do think that there was. They they hinted at some romantic something between them two. Um, but I. It seems like Allison has resigned herself to be the wife of the king, and I think that that's gonna just drive a wedge between their relationship and drive a wedge between her and her dad or uh Renera and her her father yeah um but I, i'm not sure as far as what that relationship's going to look like going forward i'm excited for the daemon storyline i'm excited for this crab feeder that they've introduced and yeah that stuff is horrifying like yeah. when you see that corpse start shaking and you realize it's not a corpse it's definitely a live person being yes. gnawed on by crabs um I, they they they're doing this time jumping thing where even like episode two happens what six months after episode one, is that what they yeah. said? I imagine that's gonna get there's gonna be more and more like year jumps in between episodes, as we just kind of get the the history and the big events that happen over this long time span. But right. I'm confused. Is this a one season show or is this gonna be like a seven season show? Are they waiting to see how successful it is to say, oh, we've actually always had. A, a 24 season arc and uh i want to say that i saw that season two got greenlit like an hour after the first episode dropped because uh the first episode got 10 million viewers on uh, the <laughs> opening night and the good. second episode got 10.2 million view uh viewers so um yeah so house of the dragon season two renewals solves our biggest season one problem I'm going to read that article from Inverse <laughs> here in just a bit. Um, but yeah, so it was already renewed. Okay. Um, so there, there's more coming, but that's you're, you're dead on because the clip that we saw for the next week's episode is like a boy who looks like he's like two yeah. with blonde hair. So it's like, okay, we're definitely going to do a time jump here soon. Right. Plus there's an actress uh, on IMDb listed as Young Princess Renera, and then Princess Renera is a different actor. Oh. Um, okay. So in the, I think it's for a couple characters. So someone's getting recast, and there's going to be a time jump, and interesting. Stuff. And 
I think the coolest part about this for me is th- I have no idea where this is going, but I'm loving every second of it. <laughs> and that's good TV, man. Um, not every show is this well-written and right. this well-directed. Right. And very, it's, I think it's really hard. It must be really hard to write uh, little bits that foreshadow big stuff because not a lot of people do it. Right. Uh, but I think this show does it really well. Right. And you have to have that stuff planned out ahead of time to hint at it. Yeah. Like, you can't just be being like, there's a deeper secret here, and then realizing that you have no idea where this character can go from then on. You have to have these three-season arcs kind of planned out ahead, and it yeah. helps when you have George R. R. Martin writing textbooks upon textbooks of, of content. Uh, sure. And even though this show rests just outside my, rail, my realm of comfortability, um, it is written so well, like you said, that there, there are worse shows I could be forced to watch for the podcast. <laughs> and so I am, despite myself, excited for episode three. And maybe I'll just take some Tums or maybe a, like a Benadryl or something <laughs> to ease my nerves. <laughs> that sounds good. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? Um, no, I just I feel like I should see more Halloween costumes of these characters. I don't know if I saw enough... Uh, Princess, uh, Queen Daenerys's and Jon Snow's this past Halloween and I'm excited I think I will go as either dragon number one or uh, looking through IMDB right now uh, I would guess I'd have to go with Otto Hightower just as a creepy dude no that's terrible I hate that I hate that I take that back immediately I, I want to be a Targaryen yeah, there we all. There we all. Uh, well, that is all we got for this week and not the podcast you deserve. Thanks for sticking around for all three episodes. And if you really loved this three-episode bit we did this week and last, prepare yourself. Next week, it's coming right back at you again. Thanks for listening. This is not the podcast you deserve.